Well, this morning's theme for the last Sunday of our stewardship campaign of fearless generosity, today's theme is fearless living. And I know what you are thinking. You're thinking, who could be as well suited to speak about fearless living than me? You see my conservative charcoal slacks and sensible black shoes, and you think, risk-taker. You see me driving around Upper Dublin in my minivan and think, adrenaline junkie. When you see me jogging around the flat, well-groomed trail at Mondalk Park, you think, daredevil. Or maybe not. In fact, it's probably just the opposite. Uh, As the men who went on the men's retreat this fall will know, in my house, there is a no chainsaw, no motorcycle rule made just for me. So, not exactly the poster boy for fearless living. But last year, I did something out of the ordinary for me. Um, I participated in the Tough Mudder. Um, The Tough Mudder is an endurance challenge. It's a 12-mile course with 25 challenging obstacles and a lot, a lot of mud. I registered for it because I was in the worst shape of my life and needed some motivation, and boy, did I get it. Um, I went last June, June 2013, with Josh Myers, who usually comes uh, at the 1030 service, and some of his friends. And I can tell you that the Tough mutter is the real deal. You have to climb an eight-foot wall just to get into the starting area. Uh, And it was 95 degrees that day just to boot. So to give you a flavor, I wanted to share just a few minutes of our mutter experience. Uh, While we were out on the course, Josh Myers wore a GoPro camera that he strapped to his forehead. And so he recorded the entire mutter experience from beginning to end, all three hours we were out on the course. Um, and, And then he did little clips of all the different um, challenges. So I wanted to share in just a small clip two of the challenges that I found to be uh, really challenging and challenged my embrace of fearful, uh, fearless living, um, and we're going to show them to you now. And I'll tell you about them as we go. So this first obstacle is called the boa constrictor. That's me on the left, and we're watch- watching through Josh's perspective from his GoPro. Um, It's called the boa constrictor, and you have to climb down in a black plastic tunnel underground, as you will see here. I'm going to take you right into it. So you can imagine that um, if you were were somebody that that didn't like uh, small places or wet and muddy places, um, this might not be the obstacle for you. Um, in fact, um, if you tight spaces are a real, can be a real challenge, you'll see there's barbed wire across the top. So you can't just get halfway through and say, mm, I think I'm done. No, you have to go all the way. And going back up is the hardest. Uh, these tubes have ribs on them, but they're really, really slick. And you're all wet, so it can be really hard to get yourself uh, going uh, up and getting out of that tunnel. There's also a lot of mud and water on the course. And so you can imagine being out there for a couple of hours in the blazing heat, the water feels good, but if you're a little worried about being in the water and you're especially tired, um, it can be a little fear-inducing. You have to wedge yourself in the tube because there's nothing to really, there's, it's really slick. So you really have to like wedge yourself against the sides and try to get yourself up. 
And there's the hand of the Oh. Yeah, that was fun, eh? <laughs> uh, and this element is called the uh, ladder to hell, uh, which I think they've got their directions reversed. Hell's usually going down, but, um, but it can be that if you uh, don't like heights. And I'm not super afraid of heights, but I get a little hesitant, I can tell you. So this was probably the most challenging obstacle for me. It's like a 20-foot high, kind of human-sized ladder. You climb up one side... And you go down the other side. Um, you get a really good view of the, uh, of the landscape there. So you can imagine sitting up, you're wet, you're tired, you're on top of this thing. You kind of have to, you know, kind of navigate your body so that you're getting over safely. There's no belay or anything. We see this guy doing it. And you see everybody down below. It's a little freaky. Not that we know of. You're going to slide over the top, and then you, you come back down. Just sit on the middle when you get up there. And then the best part, catching up with your teammates uh, after the obstacle now. is done. Yeah, I saved for him, Alec. He needs it more than I do. That was tough. <laughs> to say the least, it was tough. So you can imagine um, on this course, there's something for everybody in terms of pushing your fear buttons. And the endurance is one thing, and you can kind of deal with endurance. Um, but there's the, the real challenge of the Tough Mudder I learned in that experience was facing down your fears. Um, and the only way that you can do that is with your team. So when you register for a Tough Mudder, uh, you get a team. It's Josh on the top left, and I'm on the bottom right. And that's after we, we finish the course. And when you finish the course, they give you this, uh, this headband. And, uh, and so the only, the only way that you can really get through the course is, is with your teammates. Um, uh, you have to work together. Um, and so I was able to overcome the fears I encountered on the Tough Mudder uh, because of these guys, most of whom I didn't even know when I started the day. Um, but, you know, when we went through the course, you know, there were times when each of us got tired along the way, and so other people would hang back with that person, um, you know, so you wouldn't be left behind. Um, there were times when you had to give each other extra encouragement to get through a task or kind of power through when you were tired. We challenged each other uh, along the way in the course, and we literally gave each other a boost when we needed it because there were elements you simply could not do on your own. Uh, we were, you know, people were standing on our knee and then standing on our back to get over walls. Um, you had to try to run up this half pipe, and people caught you as you got to the top and helped pulled you up. Um, so all of it was done as a team. The Tough Mudder says it's not a race, it's a challenge. Um, so there's no time involved. It's about finishing, and you all work together to finish. Um, and for me, this experience of the Tough Mudder with this team um, is so much like church uh, because we, I think we can only be fearless um, or close to it when we have each other, when we stick together. Um, and that's what it's all about. You know, I th- remember... Tim Joyce talking a few weeks ago about how this congregation um, had helped to open him up to God and to saying yes to love and serve his neighbors. I remember Carla Grafton talking about how our benevolence support helped her and her family in Egypt long before we ever knew them or met them. How Susie Knoll talked about our staff and our members working together for the sake of the gospel. We here give each other courage. We stick together. 
And it's so important in our culture of fear. You know, in the news, it's Ebola and ISIS and scarcity and the way we talk about race and immigration as fear of the other. Our media and our politics are driven so much and drive so much fear. Instead of fear, we need a team. We need community and faith. Not to hide from the world in our little enclave of faith, but to be part of an ever-widening circle of people. You know, in the mutter, we had our particular team, but all the different teams worked together to get through. Uh, And so you had teammates, people you've never met before and will never see again on that course, offering help and and assistance and encouragement because the goal is that all of us finish together. You know, we, we kind of have this myth in our culture about the, the standalone hero. Um, but nobody stands alone. Nobody goes it alone. Batman has Robin. Jake has Elwood. The captain had Tennille. As somebody said at the earlier service, Bert had Ernie. And in the Bible, we often think about the great heroes of the Bible as being these singular heroes. Moses parting the Red Sea, but he had Aaron and Miriam right there helping him. Noah building the ark, but he had his wife and family there with him as well. And in our readings today, we see that people work together as teams, and nobody does it alone in the Bible either. Um, Our first reading we hear in the second letter of Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy to encourage him in his ministry. Paul had helpers too. Paul had Timothy and Silas who were young evangelists that worked on Paul's behalf. And he had people in all the towns and localities that he traveled to and wrote letters to, like St. Lydia, who hosted a house church in her home. Um, and I love the letters to Timothy because uh, as, a, as a teenager, start, when I started to feel a call to ministry, Paul's letters of encouragement to this young ministry leader spoke to me so powerfully. And we have it again in this part of the second, reading to, the second letter to Timothy. Um, he reminds Timothy, who he said is crying, who is so challenged by the ministry challenges, by this new place that he's in. He says to Timothy, remember the faith of your mother and remember the faith of her mother because they are a part of you. He says, be strong. God did not give us a spirit of cowardice. God gave us a spirit of power and love, and that is in your family, and that is in this church, and that is in you. He says to Timothy, guard the good treasure entrusted to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus needed disciples. It's the first thing he did in his ministry was call 12 disciples. And it wasn't just for their sake, but for his as well. And here we have them in our gospel reading, all named which is such a beautiful thing to name those disciples. Um, And they are sent out to the lost sheep of Israel. He says, take nothing. Don't take an extra coat. Don't take any money. Go to these towns. If someone welcomes you, great. If they don't, move on. I mean, talk about fearlessness. To be sent with nothing and to rely on the hospitality and the kindness of strangers. He tells them, you received without payment. Give without payment. No one stands alone in matters of faith because belief itself is shaped by community. Uh, I was just reading something by a, a British sociologist of religion, Abby Day, and she was writing about the way that our belief 
and about our relationships are so deeply intertwined. In the study she did of, of youth and young adults, she said that changes in faith, in belief, were always mediated by changes in social relationships. She says, I did not find that young people were drifting through an amoral universe or were unable to cope with life's challenges. They were informed and sustained by the social relationships and context where they felt they belonged. None of us goes it alone. None of us believes alone. And so we can be fearlessly generous because we are in this together. We can be generous because of each other. We can be generous with each other and for each other and together for the sake of the world. We need each other to bring out the best in each other. We can fearlessly give and later make our financial commitments for the coming year this morning because we are in it together. We step forward in faith and do amazing things for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the world. I can't be fearless unless I am with you. We journey together. We can be fearlessly generous today and in the days to come together. Amen.